Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float. We are talking about float intros today, and if you want to start your float intro from the very, very, very beginning before they even walk in the door, you can do that. Kim talks about it in today's episode, how she does videos, and you can, in your confirmation email in Float Helm, get that out to them, watching their video, getting a tour of their room before they even set foot in your float center so they feel nice and comfortable and prepared when they walk in. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to learn about their scheduling software. That's scheduling your employees, that's scheduling customers, keeping track of all your metrics, all that good stuff. And of course, sending out those email blasts, confirmation emails, and texts to your clients. Also, shout out to isopod, i-sopod.com for the standard and float tanks that are spacious, that are easy to use. One thing I don't mention all the time is that the light button not only turns off, but can also turn back on and be used to cycle colors, which is very nice for me at the beginning of a float. Uh, I have long hair at the moment, and I see the reflections on the ceiling, and I just have this really simple thing to process visually while my brain quiets down. So when I'm going 55 miles per hour, instead of going to zero, as soon as I get into the float tank, I'm able to have something that gradually brings me back down before I turn out the light. That is just one of the things I love about our isopods. Again, that's i-sopod.com. Tell them Art of the Float sent you. And uh, yeah, I own two of them and believe in them. Let's start the show. in-lobby introduction is about 10 minutes long, though we can stretch that out to about 25 minutes if you get us going. It's a problem. Wow. My <laughs> name is Gloria Morris, and I'm the uh, founder of Float60. And, you know, when we first started, I'd say our intro was about 10 minutes. It's definitely taken on a life of its own, and I think it's all contingent upon who we're talking to. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and similar to Gloria, this definitely depends on the people you are speaking with, what time they showed up, if they're interrupting you. But if someone <laughs> came in and sat down and was a nice student and just paid attention without trying to tell jokes during my introduction, then I get that done in about six to eight minutes, uh, kind of depending on how much coffee I've had and how quickly I'm speaking. <laughs> And this is Kim Hannon. I own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband. And uh, my orientation is nine minutes and two seconds, period. <laughs> with a lot of stretch room, depending on the person, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, no, the Not standard enough. orientation that everybody gets is nine minutes and two seconds. <laughs> okay, I have a question. I feel like a bunch of losers on this show. Like, right? like every time Kim sets her standard... It's like, I feel, God, okay, school us. Can we just start with Kim? Because I've got to understand this. Like, seriously, you are nine minutes and two seconds. Is that an average or are you, are you like doing guest service standards where you're timing someone? Talk to me about this. I have a, t a stopwatch and I just spit it all out. No, I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. We, um, whenever we reopened after the COVID closures, we switched to a video orientation uh, and it was by far one of the best dishes, decisions that we've ever made. We thought it was going to be a temporary thing. Um, and I really thought we were going to be missing out on a connection with people by having our orientation. But what we've found is we're actually able to connect at a whole different level because the basics are typically out of the way. Um, we send a reminder text. We send all of our confirmations and things that have a link to our orientation video. Um, and it's an animated video that uh, takes nine minutes and two seconds, but goes through everything you need to know. And then whenever they come in, um, we get to talk to them about, you know, 
do you have any questions about it? Um, what, you know, are there any concerns? And really kind of dive into specifics that that person might need. And sometimes people will have questions about the music or sometimes they'll have questions about, you know, a certain part of their body that hurts or, you know, they heard about like getting the salt in their eyes or whatever. And like we can really pinpoint and have a personalized conversation with them once we got that orientation out of the way. So the video, if they don't watch it before they come in, they watch it in our, our lounge. But it's a video. Question about that, Kim. Let's say you, you didn't have your that. hand up. You didn't have <laughs> your hand up. <laughs> I have my hand up. Do you see? Like people Oh, listening. your hand wasn't up, Gloria. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Drew, people at home can't see it, but my hand is raised. Dylan Where? sees it. Do you see it? Dylan, oh, my hand is raised. I, I, I mean, she's not wrong. Not wrong she raised, she her, raised hand. her hand. I, I have a question. How do I do, I do that? that? I'm cut. <laughs> I will so answer I, them all. Okay. All right. So I, ahead, I have before Drew starts, and I know I'm rambunctious. I'm all wired up because I've been on vacation. Sorry. You just said you were tired before we started. I know. I'm like delirious. I'm delirious. I'm literally so tired. I'm delirious. But I think this is the right time to call out that we may have a friend of the show, a sponsor, Mindful Solutions, who creates these <laughs> intro videos. Is that something that we could find out here? First I'm hearing about uh, it. Uh, well, I, I think it's true, actually, and that totally wasn't my intention. But yes, I do create them um, for other centers as well. They are incredibly fun. Um, and I take real photos of your place and then put an avatar in front of it. And then can, you know, I can really highlight things on screen with text and drive home points. And, you know, it's for me, so much of what I learned in the training world, I was able to put into place here um, for our float guests because it's a lot of information and it is really hard to know what everybody is going to need. Each person's coming in for different reasons. And so I think that piece of it, you, you can kind of touch high level, um, but it, you you need to get the basic stuff out of the way first. So many people just have so much anxiety. And I think having our orientation out there has helped um, for a lot of people. I've gotten great feedback from my clients, um, those who have made the, the videos for as well. So You do have to finish filling out the form to uh, get Kim to do that for you. Though. That's where I, I got is, stuck a year ago. <laughs> it is step one. It's step uh, one. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Okay, so sold. I'm on. I'm going to be investing in a video because I love the idea of sending that out as a link in the reminders. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Love it. Um, question for those people who inevitably will not read that email, will not click on that link, and will not show up early because I get yep. these people often enough that it like gives me anxiety when they show up right on time or maybe a mm -hmm. few minutes late. How do you, do you still say, sorry, you got to sit through the nine minute and two second video? Mm -hmm. Cause I, oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. Cause I have, I go from having my normal version to, okay, here are the main points, get in and get afloat because I'm not trying to yep. have them sit there for another 15 minutes and then disrupt the people who are already mm -hmm. floating, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a hard decision to make. You know, we, we played with it a little bit just to see, should we still have somebody sit down and watch the video if they're arriving either exactly on time or even late? Um, and what we found though is the people who showed up late, if we skip anything really important in that orientation process, they have a bad float. They're not coming back. So it's so worth it to invest time in educating them up front. And, you know, depending on the day, sometimes that means we're going to cut their, their float a little bit shorter. If our schedule allows it, we still try to give them the full time. But for us, that also sort of matters like which room they're in. I have one float suite that's kind of away from the others. And so it doesn't disturb anybody when the shower goes on and off. The other two share a wall for the shower. And so you can hear the showers going on and off. Um, but that's, you know, something that we kind of make a, a, a judgment call, but we also have just decided to lighten up a little bit on that. And what we found is absolutely no one has ever complained that they heard the shower next door start late. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause they mm -hmm. forget about it. By the time. <laughs> exactly. Flow. They weren't in the zone yet anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But it's been just amazing. Like the consistency People know how things work. And you can also tell, we do have people who will come in and, and we say, hey, did you have a chance to watch that orientation video? And they'll say yes. 
And then whenever you say, okay, just a couple of quick things, do you wanna, just want to re- uh, make sure you remember, how do you tell that your session time is up? Uh, uh, the, the, it, you hear a bell. And what was that? Yeah. Uh, we give a little quiz. Yeah. We give a little quiz. And little because people lie, like it's crazy. Like it is. Sure and it's just That's, like, it's, I love that. Best exactly. And what I've, what I've found though, is when you say, did you watch the video? They may have watched a video that we posted on Facebook uh, about our salt cave. And they're like, yeah, I watched your video. Like, totally the wrong video. And so, you know, we just ask the couple of those highlight points. And I've had some folks who are like, ah, you know, I watched it a really long time ago. I'm like, you know what? You're going to have a bad time unless you know this stuff. So let's go watch it. And I'll give them a few minutes. And we have a nice comfy, comfy lounge. And, you know, we have the, um, the iPad that we put out in front of them and people love it. By the time it's over there, like everybody's smiling when we come back in and that's amazing. Um, and they're like, all right, I know what to do. I feel good about this, you know, and, and there's not that, like, there's not an anxiety about it. There's an excitement. I have two questions. One, are you willing to share a snippet of this with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to drop the link in. Um, we have it on YouTube. We have it embedded in our website as well. And I'm actually getting ready to do another version so that what we have on our website is different because it's going to show the exterior of the building. So people right. know exactly what to like, you're looking for this building and here's where you're going to park. Because if you've already found us, you don't need that information. But if you haven't found us yet, that's one piece that we find some people get really anxious about, like, mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going. And for us, we're inside a building with other businesses. And so that can be kind of a thing for people to go to the wrong door of the building and then never get in. So question number two, do you have an iPad? Is it playing through a speaker? How do you do that when multiple people are coming in? And one issue for us that comes up um, that you can do on the fly when giving an introduction in person is adjust the intro for the person who came in late. How do you mm-hmm. deal with that? Yeah, so this is going completely speaker, differently than I anticipated. I, by the way. This, is, this is fun. <laughs> I know it. I don't want it to be all about mine. I, I definitely want to hear what you we'll guys have everybody. too. But this is great. We'll get there. Um, so the volume, we bought headphones and thinking that we would need to, you know, put people in headphones. But what we found is most people, I would say 85% of people have actually watched the video before they come in, um, which is really nice. And uh, for that last little percent, we, expe- we expect it to get a little better because we just added a, <clears throat> excuse me, a landing page link um, in our text reminder because our it was always linked in our emails. And then I added a quick link in our text reminder that says, click here. And then whenever they click on that, they they get taken to the orientation and the what to expect and all of that. Um, but we bought headphones. We've never had to use them because typically it's one person. Or maybe if it is two, we actually have two iPads. Um, and we can show it up front at the reception area if we had a third person. But uh, we just have a little, um, I think it's a Sony portable uh, Bluetooth speaker. It sounds way better than the iPad speakers do. And so we just sync that up, hit play. And put the speaker right behind it. And then we, you know, come back in a couple of minutes and we can hear it at the front desk. So whenever, you know, there's certain lines that I know it's ingrained after voice, hearing, right? You're hearing it's, it's my voice. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, there's a certain line and be sure to ask your salt tender if, um, as they take you back to your room. And so that's our cue to walk back to the lounge. And then right on cue, we do this really cheesy little, Hey, and, uh, see if anybody has any questions. So, Oh man, I'd love it if the video, yeah. like the cartoon you walks behind a wall and then the live you then comes out in person that let's, we do. let's work on. Oh, you do that? <laughs> kinda, kinda. Well, it has the cartoon version of Graham and me yeah. and then it comes up and it says, um, we're real people. And then it fades into a picture of the two of us, like that looks oh, nice. just like the pose of the, uh, the avatars. So we kinda do that. Yeah. Way too Had to sweet. get cheesy. Very cool. <laughs> okay, I am done with this podcast. I'm not talking about my intro. This that oh, was you just are. Too yeah, I also I'm going to change everything. Like, I'm going to mention our sponsors, and then I think we should just put a fork in this one. I think everybody <laughs> yeah, should yeah. just I'm, do I what quit. doing. I'm out. And, no, because okay, it's so funny. Seriously, I, though, we we need to talk about our intros, and so like our audience is very wide, uh, has a widespread of like people who like Gloria, who are simply. Uh, managing it from the outside. I know you, you're walking in the doors and everything, but you know you're not giving as many intros as your employees are. And then there's where Kim and Graham are, where they're boots on the ground, giving almost actually yeah every single introduction. Mm-hmm. And then there's the spread. Uh, I, I'm 
I almost say sadly, more on the the, the glorious side at this point, um, which is it's just weird. Um, but there's an issue for me of keeping the quality of the introductions and the education of our employees up of flow research and being able to have them have that conversation. You know, when when I hire somebody, I want it. I want them to be the best at communication. Mm-hmm. But still, there's that quality control of like, what do the intros actually sound like when I'm not around? You know, what is that actually going to be like when doing a video? There's no questions. Like mm-hmm. the quality control it, is is there. That's one of the biggest benefits, and we are actually getting ready to hire. I'm so excited. We fin- I finally got Graham on board. We're going to be hiring employees who can run the place when we're not there, not just back at house to help us, but to be able to run the place. And that was one of our biggest concerns is the orientation piece. Right. There, you know, we, we watched our part-time employees try to get through an orientation and they were so nervous and so scared. And like whenever they did a good job, they would still forget some of the main points. Mm. And, you know, I hated like having to jump back in there. Did you tell them where the earplugs are? You know, and like it, it, and now our employees know how to give a really good orientation because they've heard that thing play so many times that in the chance that like, if we didn't have internet, then they could still give a proper orientation because now they've heard it so often. They know exactly what to say. So but do half of them have to shave their head to look like Graham? The other half to have to dress like you? Yes, so like, that okay. is a requirement. Good. Yes. Like you. <laughs> um, it, man, there's so much to talk about. Drew, go ahead. I see if you I may. I virtually raise your hand. but I uh, still don't know how to do that. Glorious at the precedent uh, for our podcast. <laughs> I yeah, I don't, still don't understand that. <laughs> but uh, hand up. So um, my – what I was going to – I guess I forget what I was going to say. The the <laughs> orientation, the introduction, um, when I just wanted to, I guess, throw this out there that I also have recently hired somebody. We'll talk about that at another time. But I have developed my orientation based off of kind of messing up and not telling people things sure. and then people telling mm-hmm. me, oh, I didn't know about this or I didn't know about that. And so where I'm at at this point, after having done quite literally thousands of these orientations, is that I say everything so that now I know if someone were to say, oh, you didn't tell me this. I say, I I know I told you, you just weren't paying attention. That happens. (laughs) But with employees, I do think they'll, yeah, right. They'll, they'll, um, I'm trying to remember I'm kind of I'm going through this process now, but I'm trying to remember the fact that I had to kind of develop my orientation and it does kind of flow based off of the other people. Sometimes someone is just asking a million questions and I'm saying, you're on step 22, just sure. be patient. Let me get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people just act like they know everything and they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, just nothing's saying going. words. Yeah, nothing's going. Exactly. Yep. You're just, you're speaking every two seconds and not listening. And I find that it also gives me a way to kind of size up the the client, the customer, and maybe size up isn't the right word, but to kind of evaluate how nervous they are. Are they, mm-hmm. I can tell, at least for me, I can tell, you know, the guy who's got the ego, the um, person who's nervous, the person who's looking for the fun experience and wants to see stuff the person who is in a lot of pain and I can kind of ascertain those things through that introduction and I love when people show up early so that my seven minute introduction turns into a 20 25 minute conversation Mm -hmm. and that helps that person to kind of relax and feel a little safer and feel like they're getting to know me because don't forget we're asking people to come into this place they've never been get naked Mm -hmm. relax and let go and feel awesome and feel safe and feel secure and that is unnatural for most people so I find that time to be a good time to kind of chit chat and get to know people a little bit if they show up early and it does, I hate when people show up like right on time or even a few minutes late. And those are usually people that have more of a problem or, um, I just don't get that little bonding experience of Mm -hmm. finding out, Oh, 
you're here because someone told you that this might help with your knee problem. Right. And now we can talk about your pain that you've been in. Right. Right. So um, I know it's about the introduction, but I think there's a lot going on during that introduction. Yeah. And I love, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding when I, I'm going to get the video from you, Kim. I'm going to do that. And I think maybe that will also help to minimize talking about the video and maybe build a little more of those relationships where mm -hmm. someone shows up 20 minutes early. Oh, yeah, I've seen the video. Okay, you do a quick recap and then can talk a little bit mm -hmm. more and get to know them a little bit more. So uh, nice. I love the idea of the video. But um, yeah. yeah, the intro is a great time to learn other things about your customers. Yeah, the video definitely does not replace that personal interaction. And that's such a key piece. So we still have, you know, we just call it check-in. And so when, you know, somebody walks in the door, we have such a tiny little reception area, you literally walk straight into our reception desk. And, you know, that's where we introduce ourselves. That's where we, you know, uh, I like to use the question of, so how'd you hear about floating? And then, you know, they'll tell me either a friend told me or such and such at work was raving about it, whatever it is. And, you know, well, what made you decide to come in today? And that's where you're going to get some of those, my knee, my this, my this, my this, my this, my anxiety, whatever it is. And what I've found is, you know, like you said there, Drew, I can really take whatever they're telling me then. I do my little pop quiz, make sure that they really did watch the video and that they feel comfortable with what they learned and what they heard. You know, humans are going to forget, plain and simple. They're going to forget. And so I just want to go quickly and recap the, the key points. But you can feel when somebody's anxious. I had a woman come in on Sunday last week, and I mean, she had me almost in tears. It was a party of four women. And so we had to split because we only have three float suites. And so we had to split them. We did two floating while the other two were in the salt cave. And then we switched. I uh, gave them a little bit of time together in the salt cave during the, the turnover process. But she was just so, so anxious. Her friend had booked everything. And um, she knew she was coming in, but because her friend booked it, she didn't get the reminders and the emails and things. And so she watched the video and I could tell that when she watched the video, her anxiety went from like a 20 down to probably an eight, huge reduction, but she was still just buzzing with anxiety. And so I got everybody into the float suites and I took her to her suite and I said, hey, so how are you feeling about this right now? And we had a really good conversation. She said, you know, I'm still really nervous. And so that was the chance to say, well, tell me what you're nervous about. What is it that feels really uncomfortable for you? Because maybe I can give you some help about that. And she was really concerned about being, you know, locked in and having this dark conversation. And even though she'd seen pictures and videos, it still doesn't do it justice. And so, you know, I walked her to the cabin, showed her everything, how it works, and, you know, made sure once again that she was really, really comfortable with the process. And I gave her permission to get out. And she heard that in the video, but I gave her permission again and said, you can get out anytime. Come out, sit with me, we'll have some tea. You're going to have a good time here if you want to, but I can help you with these things that you might feel a little concerned about. And so I still had that chance to really, I would say more of a chance to spend time with her than I would have having to get through the whole orientation process with everybody, you know? Yeah. Could we just switch gears for just a minute? Cause this is so great. The, uh, the logistics part of going through the mm -hmm. float process is one thing. How do you guys handle you know, especially when you're working with employees, because again, I work through mm -hmm. my team. How do you get people to present the experience without having expectations mm -hmm. on what they might experience, right? Can, can I use that as a segue to talk about how we give our introductions? And I, I don't necessarily think it provides the ultimate answer to what you're talking about. I think that depends on every float center owner, how they want to do that. Like I think the Glenn and Lee um, style has always been provide as little information about what the experience will provide or be like as possible, which I have disagreed with because I have felt like you want information for to make people feel comfortable. Um, and then I know some people want to want to deep dive into, into all the different aspects before somebody has had the experience. And, um, I think I'm closer to minimal so people can have the experience, but also 
So I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know that there's any right or wrong, and I think every float center owner needs to make that call based on their personal preference. Until we have a, a control group, a large base study that shows you know what makes people most comfortable and yada, 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 I don't think there's any answer to that. Um, but I'll use that as a little segue to talk about how, how our float intros work. So I think the most important part is that we have divided it into what we call upstairs and downstairs, which isn't entirely true anymore. Really, it's like lobby and float room. Um, now that we have a float tank downstairs as well, but um, there's the generalized stuff. And, and the reason I, I designed it this way was that the generalized stuff is actually what happens inside the float tank. And then the stuff in the room is everything that happens outside of the float tank. And the things that happen inside the float tank, my, so the other, sorry, the other piece of giving an intro for me um, is retainment of information is doing everything possible so that they retain as much information as possible. When you open up a pod door or your, your float room door, their brain isn't focusing on what you're telling them anymore. They're soaking in the sights no. and they're not hearing mm-hmm. you. So they're taking off their clothes. They're ready to get <laughs> yeah. in. Yep. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're ready to dive in. Um, so I think that Everything outside of the float tank, while it's important, I don't think any of it as is as important as what happens inside the float tank. That's where the experience is. And so I want to make sure they have the most positive experience possible there. So that's why we give the basics of what happened inside the float tank downstairs. And so there are five, is it six things that we cover? Um, but I will say, before I go into what those are in, in detail, I will say the first thing, I think very similar to Kim, although Kim actually went, I think, even in more depth, which is how did you hear about floating and then what brings you in? We just do the what brings you in for your float today. And it's a very soft question because some people mm-hmm. don't want to talk about it. They're dealing with their own stuff. You know, a friend recommended it, whatever, that maybe it could help them, their therapist, whatever. And it's none of your business. So that's fine. Um, and, mm-hmm. and if they say, oh, I was just interested in it or a friend recommended it, you know, you might want to ask a follow-up question of like, oh, why did they think that you might uh, be interested in it or something like that? But if, if it, it's not standing up after the second one, moving on. But mm-hmm. what that does is it really helps for us. It really helps steer the conversation for the benefits of floating because we do like to give a little bit of information about the benefits of floating. So we ask that question that gives us a little bit of, okay, arthritis, fibromyalgia, sleep, uh, whatever the thing is, uh, introspection, meditation. Um, but then we talk about, well, okay, let's make sure that we know what floating is. Um, and, and that's another thing that we ask the question is, uh, how much they know about floating. But, uh, then we want to talk about, what it's actually going to be like, that that we're floating you on Epsom salt water, that we're reducing your sensory input as close as we can. We're reducing your sensory input as close as we can to zero. Um, We talk about the water temperature, about the lid, about the lights, and uh, we talk about how if we can, uh, the more that we reduce your sensory input, if you feel safe and comfortable, it can help you go really deep into a rest or parasympathetic state. And there are some benefits from that that, um, then we talk about physical, physiological, and emotional, spiritual points. I want everybody to hit two beats on each one of those at minimum. And um, it can be very superfluous. If, if this person is just like, I, I am here for muscle recovery. I work out hard and I want to recover hard. We don't need to spend a lot of time talking about the introspective stuff. You're going to get there. I, I don't care. On a long enough timeline, you're going to see this. But right now, let's talk about what you can notice when you get out of this flow. So we're going to talk about the physical benefit stuff. So um, then we talk about the actual... Um, and by the way, that is when I say it could be like 10 to 25 minutes long. Those conversations can go on a long <laughs> time. And I th- it sounds like Drew does that too, where like you know, the, the better experience they have in that lobby, if they miss 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of their float, like it's a more positive experience for them overall anyway. And they're going to notice more that they got out of it, all of that stuff. Um, but anyway, um, so what brings you in here? Cool. Do you know what floating is? Here's what it is. If you didn't know, uh, benefits of floating and here are some tips and pieces of advice we give for floating. So the first one is ridiculously salty water. If it gets in your hands and your eyes, it's going to sting your face. We talk about how to avoid touching your face. Sometimes it's not always in there, but sitting up, scooping up on your forehead, 
like really do you think they're going to remember that probably not sometimes somebody just has to have that experience um the other part and and we've i've we modify the order of these i still haven't like fully decided like what the most perfect way to to do the order of these things is but um, one is I encourage people to play when they first get in there is to move around uh, shark fin back and forth, uh, push your hands and feet to the bottom, feel a bob up, bounce around in there. You're doing two things. One is um, almost like a boxer running the ring. You're taking ownership of the space. I generally don't bring up that it's like a boxer running the ring because <laughs> I don't want to bring up fighting. Um, but, but, you know, if it's an MMA guy, then I think that's generally something that'll click with them. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, it helps your brain acclimate. It helps your brain understand how it's going to float. And I let them know that if you try to go right to your Zen place at the beginning of your float, the back of your brain is still going to go, where am I? What's going on? Why am I in a space pod? And it's not going to let go of all of your muscles. So the more that you play now and experience the buoyancy of the water, the quicker it'll reduce your acclimation time and increase your relaxation time is how I put it. And, and it really seems to click with people. Um, as far as I know. Um, let's see here. Beyond that, um, at that point, you, you might want to be still at some point. Uh, we talk about how to stay still in the, in the center of the float tank. Uh, we also then, and this is some of the order stuff, is maybe it'd be better to put this right after the playing thing, which is as relaxed as you can get, it can be difficult to let go of your neck muscles. Um, you think that you're totally relaxed and 10 or 15 minutes in, you realize your neck is getting tired because somewhere in the back of your brain, it wants those breathers out of the water. It wants to keep you safe. And so it's keeping some muscles tense. Uh, if that's the case, we have the float halo or, I mean, any kind of pillow, any kind of flotation device for, for heads, you can put that behind your head and, and we walk them through how to use that real quickly. Um, and then the final thing we used to mention earplugs, but now we do the full intro on earplugs because I, again, people like don't pay attention in the rooms and I'll give a little other thing in just a second here, but, um, about why we do it downstairs, but we walk them through earplugs, um, and how you can use, uh, you don't have to wear them and how you could wear them and, and the why of Epsom salt being stuck in your ears. So we go through a lot of stuff, but we get it out pretty quick. So it, it is five beats that we get of information about floating. And then the earplugs thing, again, it's not like in the tank, but we realize, you know, people paying attention to it can be tough. The other thing is sometimes we have given intros, like a group of people in one room to give an intro. Um, and then you start breaking people apart having a bunch of people in a room for an intro and then talking about earplugs, which takes a while and like it's humid in there is no bueno. So if we can get that out of the way downstairs, uh, it's better. And then we always want to make sure that those are the pieces that are covered downstairs so that, and this isn't so much the case during COVID times, but if we have two people on staff, um, and then we split it up because we have two couples, for example, um, the person who didn't give that first part of the intro knows exactly what information that person has heard. So once they're upstairs or, you know, in the other float rooms, they know exactly what information to, to tell. Does that make sense? Um, and then as far as float rooms themselves, I think we're going to save that for next week's episode. And we'll go into more details about the tours of the float rooms. Um, but uh, I've, I have some strategies on that as well. But uh, mostly comforting making them feel safe in the space while walking them through everything. I just went through like technical stuff, but the feel of it is very warm. It's very conversational and everything is about um, giving them tools and making them feel safe. So they have the most positive experience possible. And I think going back to your uh, question before I started, sorry, like 30 minutes ago was um, <laughs> I think arming them with a little bit more information lowers anxiety and gives them a more positive first experience. Awesome, Dylan. Yeah. That was great information. <laughs> um, I have a couple of things. Um, one is as far as speaking with people conversational, I love that you said that because I think it is better to have a little bit of a back and forth, like, you know, stopping to ask if they're understanding or mm -hmm. noticing if they are paying attention or not, and giving a pause. Um, also, when doing so, I don't know if anyone does this, but I try as much as possible to sit down and be level with people and not stand mm -hmm. up above them, especially if they're sitting down in the Absolutely. lobby. Yeah. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'll even like sit on the floor. Um, depending on who is on the other side of me, because that is an intimidating position to be in mm -hmm. just psychologically for people who don't mm -hmm. know that that can, um, put 
people, especially people who've had traumatic experiences, especially people who've had traumatic experiences with males, if they're the only one in a lobby with somebody. So I try to keep distance and not put anyone in a corner and be level and speak softly. Um, I have a different voice in my lobby and I kind of have my lobby voice and I totally sound like really chill and I need, really I need to hear it. that. I know I should. I need, I, I'm I need almost it. too embarrassed to record it, but you guys will be like, <laughs> who's that talking? Um, but so there's that. Um, I just also wanted to say some touch on something you said, Dylan, there's so much information out there about floating now. I think you almost have to acknowledge that. And that if you're not influencing people's floats, they've already done a bunch of research and talked to a bunch of people who have influenced their float. Mm -hmm. So I agree that we should be acknowledging that um, there's more going on. You probably know a little bit about floating, but let's try to forget about everything that you think you know about floating. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's that we're past the point of, you know, we don't say anything. Maybe don't tell them you should float like this. You should turn off the light. You should put your hands above you. You know, you don't want to tell people what to do in that sense. But I think it is important to acknowledge any prior um, prejudices that people might have or, you know, mm -hmm. ideas. I, I People all the time will say, oh, my friend told me to use the head pillow. I say, yeah, well, you, maybe you don't need the head pillow, right? So don't <laughs> think just because they said that, right? So they're being influenced. Yeah. So I think it is important to touch Great on point. that. Um, and... Um, Kim brought up, a, I wanted to touch back with her while you're being conversational, ask those questions. Why are you here? Um, uh, being forthright. Are you nervous? You can tell if someone looks kind of nervous or confused, are you okay? Do you have any questions? You look a little nervous. I say that to people, especially if they book, mm -hmm. I have an affiliate on tank it happens all the time. I pull someone in and they're like, they look at it and give a look and like, <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that's what this was. Or if someone else booked it for them and I kind of laugh and I'll always give people the option when they say that. I say, hey, if you're feeling comfortable about this, we can reschedule you and put you in another one because I want you to have an awesome float. If you're nervous about it, you won't be able to relax. And even just hearing that, I feel like makes them feel safe. And I've never had anyone say, yeah, but I've had people say, oh, no, I want to try it. I want to try it. Um, but you can ask those questions. Are you okay with this? Because I just saw that look that you gave it. And you can make it fun and right. lighthearted when you're doing that and not mm -hmm. serious and dramatic, right? Can, can, I know you've got a list of things you want to get through. I, I just yeah. – one thing that you're talking about, like your lobby personality, I also feel like I have it's, – it's still me, but it's a very different slice of me that people get at the lobby that's a, a lot more calm, very connecty, very interested. Like they are – I am theirs during that time. Like I, I use that as an opportunity to practice presence. Like this is nothing else matters except for this person across the sea from me. And it, it sounds like we all kind of have a little piece of that in us that again, totally. I think is hard to train an employee, an employee on yeah. as is. much as you talk about it. But sorry, and that's a fun, it. that's a fun part of the job, right? Is Absolutely. Yes. Like interacting <laughs> with people and then seeing the after part, right? You see all these things and why they're coming in and you're trying to kind of, solve this little riddle and then after they have an awesome float you're like whoa you're a different person than when we spoke before yeah. you float mm -hmm. um so two two last things one Please. i don't use the max earplugs anymore and it has saved so many hassle moments mm -hmm. because people aren't sticking them in their ear wrong they're not getting stuck they're not falling <laughs> out they're not crumbling apart on them they're not confused with how to put them in so i just so want to referencing the the max moldable silicone correct okay. yeah i stopped yeah. i haven't used those in about six months shout out james millman on the float collective mm -hmm. i get my earplugs from him now they're cheaper they come with a case they're reusable and oh. it has just taken away it saves a lot of time and it saves a lot of confusion. And I've had a lot of problems with those max air plugs. And so I just wanted to point that out. I don't even offer them anymore. So they are like a silicone gonna... putty. Um, oh, I think we, I think we get them in children's size because they're so <laughs> massive, but you fill them, you don't jam them into your ear canal. You fill out the bowl of your ear, which is one of the most different things about these than your standard earplugs. So what's the difference with the ones that you're talking about? They're the ribbed, um, they have like three ribs and a handle mm -hmm. and they go in and out. It's They're silicone, reusable, come with a case. I put a sticker of my logo on. People, almost everyone takes them. So 
they at least, wherever they end up, whether it's on the center console <laughs> or on their countertop at home, little NH Float logo, nhfloat.com is there to remind them about New Hampshire Float. So it's a great little, you can take that with you thing also. And I know Kim, so, you're about to, yeah. Yeah, Max has uh, similar ones. They they look kind of like little Christmas trees. Um, and we started with those and we've never had a complaint. We have the reusable, um, they're called, I use their ear, uh, ear seals and it helps to reduce noise as well. Um, so that only becomes an issue if somebody's trying to listen to a guided meditation or something like that. Um, but those are, you know, really, really great because they're so much easier. And it's huh. rare that you have somebody who, like, says that they don't fit or anything of that nature. I bought one one box before we opened, and I still have well over half of that box left. But we do keep, um, reuse, and sanitize ours. They go through a multi-step process to sanitize and reuse um and people absolutely love that option though so would you say you're spending less money Mm -hmm. on your earplugs oh yeah i spent a couple hundred bucks one time three years ago and it's at least probably going to be two or three more years before we make it through the whole box okay Um, so i'm yeah so he has 107 responses to his post about um getting Mm -hmm. a sample of his earplugs this mm-hmm. seems like I might be behind, be yeah. behind on this one. Yeah. And his are different. Um, and ours, you know, we, mm. we don't say anything. If somebody takes them, fine, they take sure. them. But most people just leave them. They throw them back in the case. They have a, mm. um, the ones that I use from Max have a string. Okay. The ones that James offers, uh, they don't have the string. They're in a little tiny case where mine's in kind of a bigger, longer one from uh, Max. And they're very, very similar. I think the only difference is really, you know, Macs are definitely more expensive, um, but we don't go through loss at all. We have a little suction cup on our door um, and we just drop the the uh, earplugs right there for people. And then they typically just hang them right back up when they're done. Um, and then we wash, so I, sanitize, UV, everything through those. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. I have people that would not mm-hmm. want to reuse other people's mm-hmm. earplugs that have been used. Yeah. Just to and it's really funny. Um I know that's a big thing, and there's been some conversation about that in the Float Collective before, but I always ask people, do you use the silverware when you go to a restaurant? Because that has been in somebody's mouth, yeah. hundreds and thousands of people's mouths. Oh, yeah. Um, I, th- this is and always a weird human psychology. Psychology, it is. yeah. It's a doorknob. It's so, yeah. so crazy. Totally. Yeah. Um, we use the same toilet seats. Like there's so many things that we do that, you know, if, if germs are really an issue, but there's something about like ears that makes people a little crazy. Um, of course, if we pull some earplugs and we see that like, there's just stuff on them, they just go straight (laughs) in the trash. No question. Every now and then that happens. Um, But they go through, yeah, you know, we've maybe five in three years, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not much at all, but you know, we run them through a hot water wash, uh, soap and water wash, and then we pop the earplugs off of the string and drop those in barbicide, and they stay in bar- barbicide overnight. And then after that, we run them through a rinse cycle, let them dry, and then they go into our UV sterilizer. And then we put them back on the strings that have also been washed and put them right back in the cases, and and the cases have been sanitized as well. So it's a really easy process for us. All so. right. All right. Okay, Drew, last right. one, and For, then I want to get back to intros here because okay. Gloria still needs to talk. <laughs> yeah. So um, last thing about the intros, and I think this is an important one, and I haven't heard anyone talk about it yet. Um, and shout out to, I believe, Laura and Julie and um, Kim, you might know better, but I learned a lot at last year's float conference. Mm-hmm. So this is also an opportunity to say, don't forget about this year's float conference. It's going to be awesome. But I learned a lot at last year's float conference in a group with a couple of people who led the way about stinging in nether region areas. And I, I really had my eyes open because I'm a male at my float shop. Um, so I know there are others out there like um, that are, you know, just there by themselves. There were probably people who got out because they had stinging and just didn't want to tell me. So now in my intro, instead of specifically saying if your, you know, butt stings or your vagina stings, I, I say, if you get in and they're stinging, it's totally normal if you have some cuts or something that is an abrasion. But if you have some stinging and it just isn't going away and you think there's no way I could do this, 
Try getting out, drying it off, and putting a layer of that petroleum jelly on there. That usually takes care of it. Sometimes you have something that's fresh and it's just going to keep stinging, but the petroleum jelly usually takes care of it. So try drying it off and then getting back in and doing that. And I feel like that kind of covers everything in general. So I don't have to specifically say to somebody who's not even thinking about their butt burning them that their butt might burn them. So um, the, the, Stinging part of the with the salt, I think, is an important thing to uh, mention during your introduction because there's a lot of reasons that I learned about that people could sting. And mm-hmm. um, I don't even remember all of them because I think I was so horrified at like, what? I didn't know that that was so normal, that <laughs> this type of thing could happen to somebody. And just know that that is an issue and I think it should be brought up, especially um, due to all the salt content, you know, like people are going to get in and there's going to be stinging and, um, it's, it can be an embarrassing thing or maybe someone gets out and just doesn't want to tell you why they got out. It could be because something was stinging and you just didn't address that. So they're like, Oh, maybe they didn't say it. They didn't say I might sting. So maybe I'm a weirdo and something's wrong with me. Right. Mm -hmm. When it's normal for the stinging to happen. So I try to normalize that. Cool. I saw a hand. Dylan, no, yeah, Dylan, I want to go back to something that you said there um, earlier. You were talking about how you kind of share a little bit about what floating is and what the benefits are with everyone, you know, that you have like these big points that you hit, even if you know that they're there for one specific reason, you kind of tell them the, benef- the other benefits. I'm curious about that. Do you ever have people who kind of glaze over or like get to that? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I just want to float for this reason. Like, how do you all handle that, that piece of possible resistance or people kind of shutting down because you're talking about something that they may not find as relevant or interesting yet, even though they should know it. But first of all, anybody can glaze over anything that never underestimate Mm -hmm. the ability to, for somebody to tune out for whatever reason. And anxiety would probably be the number one thing, but um, we go through these very, very quickly. And Mm -hmm. I think people are generally very interested in them. Um, The, it's just really cool things that are going to happen in the experience mm-hmm. that you're about to have. Um, and the fact that we're not deep diving and spending a lot of time on it, I think people, it's not an issue. Yeah. I'm always curious because, you know, in, in sales training, one of the, the, the big differentiators that I've always uh, shared and, you know, all of the training that I've ever created, we always talk about like data dumping and sure. you don't want to data dump. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just an example um, that I can kind of throw out there that most people can kind of understand. I used to work for a property management company. And so if we had somebody who came in and said, um, you know, they were interested in a two bedroom apartment and we said, great, I have a place by the pool. And then somebody says, oh, my, you know, my dog drowned. I don't want to be near a pool. And then you continue to like go on and just sort of tell them everything about how great the pool is. Like that can be a real turnoff to people. And really, um, the conversation is kind of flipped where you're saying, what's important to you? What can you envision in your new apartment home? And then you're trying to fit into that of what the other person is requesting. Because a lot of times people, if you just start telling them everything, you know, the history of floating and all of that, then they might kind of disengage with that. Um, at the same time, I love planting the seed right. of here are some of the benefits. I actually do that at the end on their way out the door nice. rather than at the beginning, especially because if they don't experience that, there's a little bit of a letdown and <laughs> you know, like, the, Oh, well, such and such said they fell asleep and I didn't fall asleep in there. My brain was like all over the place. And then we can kind of have that conversation. And I talk about, you know, it's a practice, but here are some other things that you probably have experienced and you might see tonight. Um, check in with yourself and see how you're feeling tomorrow about these things. Great so, points. yeah, it's just interesting, you know, to see all the different ways that you can try to get all that information in there. We need to cover the post float outro as well. We need oh, to- yeah, I, got, I have one of those too. Um, Mm-hmm. The, but well, I I need so we have to wrap up the show, um, oh. but we need Gloria to to talk about her introductions first. I need I need yes. to learn from you. Yeah, I was just about to make some popcorn because I was uh, just fascinated with how everybody else is doing it. It really makes you think. But you know, I I always um, 
I'm lucky because I'm not in the float center day in and day out. So I have a pretty fresh beginner's mind all the time when I'm in there, right? So that's one thing I really focus on when I'm talking to the team is having that, you know, they call it Shoshin, the, the beginner's mind, knowing that everybody walks into the studio having no idea what they're about to experience. We really focus on the environment. Um, so I won't go into the earplugs and all the things you guys covered, like ditto, 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 right? Great. But some of the things that I do want to cover that I'd like to believe all of my team focuses on when someone walks in the door is making them comfortable with the entire space, making sure when they walk in, they're not just taking them straight back to the room. Um, I just had that. I observed somebody doing that that was brand new and, you know, he probably just didn't meet me yet, but I stressed, you know, when someone walks in, you want to make sure you walk them through the lobby or at least point to where things are as you're walking them back, right? Talk about, we have a big retail presence. So we, <laughs> yeah, I see your, your hand motions. We <laughs> talk about, you know, our wellness <laughs> gifts. We talk about our grooming station. We talk about, you know, obviously where the restroom is, but the most important thing is that as we're passing, we're going down the hallway, and this I'm talking about River North right now, just as an example, we pass what we call our calm room, and we really encourage people after their float to go in there, take a seat, have tea. We, we literally tell them up front that we're not going to ask you a bunch of questions, but we will ask you to make one decision, tea or water, and then we'll serve you, and then we'll invite you to sit on our, we have some really cool little meditation chairs um, sit in the calm room and write in our journal or read about other people's experience. We want to encourage them to kind of decompress and almost express themselves, right? So we have our colored pencils and our pens and we have the journals and we have these little tiny pieces of paper that we encourage people to draw. And they're tiny because giving them like a sketchbook is very intimidating. Mm -hmm. So just a little tiny art card. And it's like, that's my favorite favorite part of going to float 60 personally is to that. go and see what happens when people come out. So that's very much part of our intro, not as much our outro. Right. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that we, we covered on those, but you guys like covered you all the, that. all of that other Tip. stuff. The only thing that we have to cover from a tactical perspective is how to operate the showers. And then, you know, part of float 60s approach to running a float center is that we normally have, you know, at all four, we had four centers, we have different types of tanks. So every room has its own personality, whether it's the Samadhi tank or the pod or the cabin. And we really encourage people to kind of plan to try all three, right? Mm -hmm. So today you're here and you're trying our cabin. And this is what most people feel comfortable with the first time. But when you really get comfortable, you could work your way up to this. Or if you want to jump in and you know, try this right away. That's awesome. Right. Like we kind yeah. of have this continuum of deeper floating that we present as, as an option. So that's just part of how we do it. And, uh, it seems to work pretty well. I feel like we are just scratching the surface with you, Gloria. I think next week, let's have you start out talking about introductions in the rooms and let's hear how much <laughs> detail comes out. Um, but I also just want to say, um, I'm thankful that you brought up the, like them walking in the door, like the introduction is mm -hmm. connected to them walking in the door. We've always used the cheesy term. of it's like walking into a hug. Um, you, as soon as somebody walks in, they should, they should be greeted, <laughs> greeted, but, and it's not just a, uh, welcome to subway. Uh, we'll be right with you. It's, it's an actual practice of presence of them being there, making them feel comfortable. And part of them being comfortable is just like you said, it's like, here are where the things are. This is how you can feel safe and comfortable here. And ideally, which is immediately pre-COVID, getting tea and, and all that stuff as well. What were you going to say, Gloria? I just absolutely loved when you said that you use your moment with the guests to be present. Mm -hmm. So we really think that that is very important. And you reminded me of that, right? Because it can, as you have turnover, and certainly with COVID, we've been so focused on the tactical things right. that make up the experience that we need to go back to that. And we actually had a mindful coach come in and have sessions with the team. And that was really powerful. But really, you know, it's not just a gift for the guest. 
it's a gift for the team member. And you really just, the way you presented that earlier in the podcast, I was like, yes, that's it. So I am literally going to get off the phone, off the podcast tonight, and I'm going to send a chat to the team and we're going to put this on our schedule for for our next team meeting because I think it's just a beautiful um, gift for us to really look at each interaction as a moment of mindfulness and presence um, for both. So I really like that. And a quick tip in doing that is to introduce yourself, tell people your name and ask them their name, even if you know their name, assuming it's the first time. Um, and you may have an awesome system like Float Helm to help you with their name, but it's a way to kind of get personal and make people feel comfortable so that you're not just the stranger that they're talking to, but introduce yourself, be a normal person. Like they're coming into your home, right? I'd like to do a whole show on those types of tactics of connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I really okay. would. I think there's so much from, you know, just scratching the surface when someone walks in the door, one of my pet peeves going to any service business is when you walk in and their heads are the person behind the desk, whatever the desk is for, whether it's the gym or the grocery store, they don't take a minute to even make eye contact with you. Right. And in the hospitality industry and Kim, you're probably familiar with this. I worked in the hotel industry for a while. And one of the brands that I worked for, I won't mention the name, we had a rule. It was called the five and 10 rule. At 10 feet, you literally made eye contact, even if it was a coworker, right? At five feet, if you could see the person's name on their name tag, you address them by name. <laughs> Awkward, but awesome, right? <laughs> um, but with the guests, if you don't know their name, you literally verbally say something, right? So I'd love to do a show on all things guest service because there's just these little gold mines of connection opportunity that I think we miss. Just I like that. And I think we're all customer service oriented as the mm-hmm. business owners. And by being able to list out items and get educated on it, we can take these things that maybe we embody and prioritize and, and put it into information that we can funnel down to our employees. Also, Kim, my probably brain also is overflowing. Hour, <laughs> hours worth of content <laughs> on this. You guys, we got to put a fork on this one. Um, there, I, I love that we love talking about it, and we will talk more about intros next week. But for now, I want to say thank you guys for being here. I, Gloria came in off a of vacation to podcast with us here, so big props and thanks to Gloria for being here. She's still wearing her visor. Looking she's all still fresh. on she's vacation. Like, yeah. She's- <laughs> this is her week? Yeah, this is her vacation being with us. This is a I, testament I, to you guys because I actually don't see this as a job. The pay might uh, also align with that. <laughs> and, we, and we are professional podcasters. I was explaining to someone we actually do get paid to do this, right? So, <laughs> which is which is crazy, but I um I love it, and I would do it whether we got paid or not. Is there? Any, did you want to give a shout out to the tournament ladies that you won a golf tournament with, or Linda, Cheryl, and Brenda? You guys were troopers. One of my ladies sprained her ankle on the sixth hole in the first round, so we literally had to dump her off at the cabin, and we went back and finished playing. Um, she's got a torn ligament. Sorry, Brenda. And the other lady, you guys, the day before we met, she lost her pup. So shout out to Pepe and Heaven. He was with us all weekend. And uh, we, we, we love you, Cheryl. We hope, hope you're doing okay. But yeah, I'm going to work on my golf game. Don't worry, ladies. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll... It's possible that they didn't win the tournament. Um, yeah. This is so, so hard. hard. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. So we love our pets so much. Mm. Thank you guys for being here. It is always so much fun and such a pleasure. Thanks to everybody for listening to us. Uh, I guess you get benefit from what we have to say. Hopefully we're bringing up good ideas and things that you can apply to your float center. Thanks to everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, you can get uh, float media for your float center, help with your marketing. Uh, Speaking of marketing, uh, thanks to Mindful Solutions. Mindful.solutions is where you'd want to go. Full, F-U-L-L, by the way, mindful.solutions. To check out Kim's business, which was brought up at the top of the show to learn about how, I guess, how you could get a flow intro video made for yourself. Um, But also (laughs) about um, ongoing social media, which they're now doing for the float shop. And I think for Gloria as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah. 
uh, check them out. Of course, Helmbot. We're big fans of Helmbot. Uh, and yeah, I'll, it'll be at the top of the show here. I'll, I'll add it in, but how uh, that can int- integrate with your introductions as well and making sure like if you do have a video, they can watch that. can all be part of Float Helm. We are massive fans. And of course, Isopod. We own two Isopods for a reason. We absolutely love their float tanks. I-SOPOD.com to chiggity check them out. Thanks to Nate Priscelli and Deepest Darkest for our theme song. But most of all, thanks to Olga for producing this show. Where would we be without you? I don't know. So uh, thanks, everybody. And until next time, uh, practice presence uh, with your employees and the people coming in your door. Just practice presence whenever you think about it. Just flex that muscle. It's good stuff. <laughs>